In the 4th century BCE, a dude from the small Mediterranean kingdom of Macedonia rose to power and would become known as one of the greatest leaders in all of history. In his short life, he would control one of the largest empires ever and would do so while never suffering any major defeats. This week on HPH, we're taking a look at this guy's early life and the beginnings of his conquests and maybe finding out that it's not about the vast portions of the ancient world that you conquer, it's about the friends you make along the way. Grab a drink and settle in for this episode of Hunter Proof History, titled Alexander the Great, Part 1. The champ is here! This is Hundred Proof History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts, Chris and Greg. Yeah, all you Greek listeners, and fuck the rest of you. Sound like you're like driving them like cattle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gia, man, it's a it's a greeting. It's a Greek. It's a Greeking. <laughs> uh, commit suicide. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome in, listener. I don't know Greek, unlike Greg, who's a fluent Greeker. Or whatever you call those humans. That is uh, not true. Okay. Yeah, welcome into Hunter Proof History. Greg, how are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm pretty good. You know, ups and downs, ins and outs. <laughs> Such is life. What about you, Chris? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I, I know sometimes we go long on these episodes. We need to speed this one up a little, though, because I've got tickets tonight to see Van Halen. I'm really excited. Ooh, Chris. Yeah. I've got some bad news for you. What? We're in the middle of a pandemic. There's no concerts. That's it. Oh, that is okay. it. Good, good. Because I was, I was worried something tragic had happened to one of my favorite performers. No, no. It's just the the pandemic that's okay. killing the world. Yeah, oh. that's all. As long as I can get my money back, you know, nothing tragic happens to me. I'm okay with it. That's fine. It's <laughs> three months' salary. Yeah. Right. Oh, I only make six bucks a day. You know, picking the fruit. <laughs> What? Oh, picking the fruit on the many orchards that surround us. Come on, man. We're surrounded by orchards. An efficiency apartment surrounded by orchards. Yes, of course. Listen, if you start examining this thing, it just falls apart. So let's just roll with it. Speaking of which, I see that Wolf Dick is here today. Nice to see you, Wolf Dick. Oh, is he? Oh, hey, hey, Wolf Dick back there. <laughs> yeah. In the studio. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I went on a harrowing mission, mm-hmm. rescued him from Putin himself, actually. No shit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I will not expand upon that uh, that story at all. No. Nope. We'll just nope. move right along. <laughs> Saving it for the tell-all book later on. I gotcha. There you go. Smart. So today, Greg, we are talking about ancient Greece, the first time we've gone into... Greece and talked about their history on our show. Mm, we're about to get real greasy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm real excited. Um, I don't know. I, I've told you this. I've started working out again recently, and my goal is to look like one of those Greek statues, just be all shredded and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've got a. I've already got a head start. Ah, the uh, the baby dick. Uh, okay, yeah. I I guess I have that too. But I was thinking of the pure alabaster skin because I've never set foot in the sun. <laughs> I mean, it's not as smooth. I have, you know, the the many, many pimples and open, oozing wounds. Yeah. But other than that, just pure white all the way down. Don't forget the warts and calluses that riddle your body. How could I, right? How could anyone? <laughs> just because I like to wear shorts and crop top t-shirts to show off my body when I take my hover around to the gym and set it on top of the treadmill. And put it at full speed. Like, oh yeah, feeling the burn today, baby. Oh yeah. Well, I'm glad you've at least started wearing shorts. <laughs> well, Christopher, I wish you luck on your fitness journey. Thank you. Fitness dick in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the people come for right there. Woo! <laughs> All right. Well, I'd also like to remind our listeners that we have a contest running right now. 
If you go to iTunes, leave us a review, take a picture of that review and send it to us on our Instagram at 100 Proof History or send on our Facebook, same thing, 100 Proof History, 100 Proof History or send it in Gmail, 100 Proof History at gmail.com. You'll be entered to win an autographed picture from Clint Hill, the Secret Service agent who was present the day JFK got shot. And it's a picture of JFK motorcade. It's framed and everything. It's beautiful. Um, so go do that and maybe you'll win. We'll see. Did he do it? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I'm not accusing him. I'm just saying I don't know. (laughs) I can legally do that. That's right. Well, Chris, what are you drinking today? Uh, Today, Greg, I'm having an old-fashioned, as I do from time to time, made from High West Whiskey's Double Rye. and We've been featuring High West a lot lately. I continuously tie this into the story saying that they came, the Macedonians lived in the West, in the mountains, and they swept eastward, but basically what happened was I was digging through my liquor cabinet, a.k.a. the thing behind the toilet, that little area back there beneath the tank, uh, and <laughs> I said, oh, hey, I didn't even know I had this, and my wife heard that, and she's like, you have too much fucking liquor if you are saying you didn't even know you had it, so you're not allowed to buy anything for a while, so what I did was pulled this High West out of there and made a drink out of it, and I'm enjoying it quite immensely. How about you, sir? I'm having Uzo. Ever heard of it? Uh, no, I have not heard of it, Greg. What is Uzo? It is a uh, Greek liqueur. This one is from uh, Plumari. It, uh, do you like a niece? Uh, I'm not allowed to like my niece, Greg. I'm not even allowed around her anymore <laughs> after those Snapchats I sent. Not your niece, a niece. Oh, just a, just just a any random niece. niece. Okay, yeah. yeah, no. Well, it tastes like black licorice. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Kind of like uh, Jägermeister. Yeah, it's it's better than that. Oh, good, because Jäger and stronger. Trash. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's not fantastic, you know, but it's not bad. It's not bad. Why don't they make a liquor that tastes like Twizzlers, like red licorice? I feel like that'd sell better. You know what I like to do? I like to take the Twizzler and bite off both ends and then drink whiskey through the improvised straw, and I feel like it adds a little something. Oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> and then, God. like, the bottom of it starts to dissolve a little, and you get little Twizzler chunks in your whiskey. Oh, it's so good. So good getting those chunks in your in your alcoholic beverage. Oh, yeah, it sounds fantastic. Well, anyway, today, Greg, our source is Alexander the Great by Philip Freeman. I rather enjoyed this book. thought it was very entertaining, informative. Like, flowed very well, wasn't very dry like a lot of these history books tend to get. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, I think it has to do with the source. Back then, back in the uh, the BCE days, everything was very subjective and told very story-like. Yes. It's more colorful history, if you will. Yeah. So I think it it's easy for it to be more entertaining. Yeah, and he addresses that in a few places. Like, he's he'll say it, a lot of times where someone fails... It's easy to say a woman tempted him into failing. Uh, Or, you know, like, we have three different people who said three different things right here when this happened. But like you said, it's entertaining. So we'll we'll go with what's entertaining today, and uh, hopefully our listener enjoys that. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's the only sort of sources that exist for stuff like this. You know, it's not like we have 80 different primary sources to choose from. Right. For this, there's basically three primary sources that you know wrote about it around that time until we invent time travel and go back and find out it was horribly disappointing and they made everything up but until then subscribe to our patreon (laughs) oh yeah uh speaking of patreon i'd like to give a shout out uh let's go and give a shout out to jamie andrew and sarah our recent patreon subscribers uh especially to sarah who came in at big ballin at the five dollar level so wolf dick give me something for sarah Good to have you back, Wolf Dick. And yes, thank you guys. Yeah. You make it all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike these fucking deadbeats who won't pay us anything and they just get their free oh, entertainment. Freeloading fucks. Ugh. We kind hope of you appreciate en- you guys, but ugh. Ugh. I hope you enjoy this fucking story. God damn it. Yeah, listen to this episode and I, I hope you glean a lot of information from it and maybe a few laughs and then shove it up your fucking ass, you cheapskate. <laughs> We're just kidding. 
we love everyone. But we kind of love the people that pay us more. Uh, so that, I don't know if that says about us. Maybe we're whores. That's I don't natural. Know. That's natural. I don't, it's That's natural. You think whores are just going to fuck me if I don't pay them money? Come on. Come on. <laughs> I buy their love just like our patrons buy ours. That's true. All right, Greg. Are you ready to get into this story of Alexander the Great? Ooh, yeah. Can't wait to put my sword in Alexander's sheath. Ooh, hello. All right, let's do it. Way back in the early 4th century BCE, Macedonia, which is a part of modern-day Greece, was ruled by a man named Philip II. Now, history focuses on Alexander's accomplishments, and rightly so, but Philip was no slouch either. In fact, one of his old generals would later tell Alexander that his dad was the reason he was so successful, at which point Alexander personally stabbed the old man to death. But, you know, we'll get to all that, all that fun stuff later. As a child, Philip had been offered as a hostage to the Thebans, and it was there he was taught the ways of war and how militaries had to be well-trained and disciplined. Before this, you would just, like, show up to war, and there'd be, like, a bucket, like a trash can full of swords. Like, take a sword here! Uh, make sure you see that guy get a wristband on your wrist so we know which side you're on, and that gets you special access to the VIP after party if you survive. So, that's how wars were fought before. But you probably won't. Yeah. (laughs) After three years, Philip returned home. Through several assassinations, deaths and battles, and exiles, Philip became king of Macedonia in 359. That's the same way I became leader of my book club, Greg. Same exact way? Yes. Oh, yes. They'll never find Julie's body. (laughs) 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 No. We're not reading a goddamn Dan Brown book, Julie. Jesus Christ. The Da Vinci Code? Are you kidding me? It's trash. It's trash. And then I stabbed her, and I left her behind the dumpster, and I'm not going to tell you where, because like I said, never find her body. Just start looking behind dumpsters. You just told me. (laughs) I'll do it off air. I want to find that body. (laughs) Save it for Jeffrey Dahmer series, Greg. (laughs) Philip immediately began to expand and train his army because he knew the local kingdoms, as well as the nearby Athenians, were probably going to come and try and fuck his shit up. He also knew that his country was dirt poor, and while their mountainous country offered some natural defense, his army stood no real chance against the Greeks. So Philip decided that each man would wear no armor and would carry just a small shield. That way, even the poorest of his countrymen could afford to serve in the war. It's very thoughtful of him. Isn't that what it's all about? <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. Why are all these rich motherfuckers dying? That's that's not <laughs> what this is about. Come on. No, you don't need armor. Just come on. We'll give you a free college. Come on. Sign up. <laughs> Grab your hobo sack. Join me. Take a sword. Let's go. Yeah. Grab a sword out of the trash can. I'll teach you how to use it. It'll be fine. <laughs> Well, then Philip developed an 18-foot-long spear known as the Sarasa. This spear was hard to control because it was so long and unwieldy. Hmm. I, I wouldn't know what that's like. I just, like I said, I want to be Greek, Greg. I want to be Greek so bad. <laughs> well, so Philip drilled his men. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> until they could seamlessly move as one unit. And this was part of the uh, phalanx formation which was basically a rectangular column of soldiers that would push each other forward to break the lines of the enemy while stabbing them with the sarissas. It was devastating. How do they decide who gets to be in front? Like, I want to be the guy in the very back with the 18-foot pole with three rows of dudes in front of me stabbing people before it oh, gets no, to Oh, no, it'd me. be like 30 rows of dudes in front of you. Yeah, well, I mean... There's huge they- columns. I, want, I still want to be stabbing people, so you got to be within stabbing distance. You can't be the... Only the first two rows would be stabbing. Oh, never mind. I just, like, how do they decide that, though? They're like, oh, that guy's fucking stupid. Why don't we put him up front? He'll be, he'll be proud to be up front. He'll be like, yeah, I'm helping. I mean, it's not like being on the third row, you're safe. I don't know. How many rows is it? I want to know the Sea World number of rows that I can sit and not expect to be in the splash zone. Or like the Gallagher... Comedy yeah. show. Right. I don't want watermelon on me, but I want to see people get watermelon on them. Right. I want to be right there when it happens. You gotta you gotta figure <laughs> that out. 
I would definitely be the guy in the Macedonian army doing that math. And like when everybody lines up to go to battle and make sure like, oh, I was in the bathroom. Sorry, guys. I'll be in row 16. But I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> oh, those guys are going to fucking get it. Watch this shit. Watch this. <laughs> take out take out my cell phone. I'm like, World Star is going to fucking love this shit. I'm going to put this on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Live leak. <clears throat> you unlock your phone and forget Grinder was pulled up and you hadn't exited yet. You're like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And there's 14 rows behind me that all saw it. They all saw it. <laughs> They're all whispering about you the whole time. Y'all lose the battle because they're distracted. <laughs> but it's ancient Greece, so they're all like, oh, so that's butt lover 69 Athens. That That's a guy that I've been talking to online all these times. It's like, because, you know, that's how it happened in Greece back then, baby. Oh, so that's Lake My Athens. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Philip was also one of the first leaders to create a corps of engineers to build roads and bridges for his army. They didn't think of this shit before that. That's surprising. It's also important to know that marriages in those days were usually to cement an alliance or to prevent insurrection in a conquered land. And the one job of the woman in this situation was to get all pregnant with a boy up inside her uterus. You know how they did that, Greg? In vitro fertilization. Oh, Oh, okay. That's not what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. In the year 357, Philip's second wife gave birth to a boy named Aridaeus. Unfortunately, this kid turned out to be mentally handicapped, and he was locked away for the next 30 or so years. It's fine, though, because once his parents give up on him and push him out in the streets, he can go on to be you know, an illustrious producer slash soundboard op on a history podcast. Am I right, Wolf Dick? <laughs> Philip then decided to hook up with a lady named Olympias. She was 18 when she wed Philip, and so sweet and so clean. And on their wedding night, a chorus of maidens sang hymns to the goddess of fertility while Philip was all up in them guts. There. Out there going, there's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. The fuck is that? Well, Greg, that is the opening lines to the song Wet Ass Pussy or WAP by Cardi B and Megan the Stallion. So, and then it goes on from there talking about you're going to need a bucket and a mop for that wet-ass pussy. Every day, we stray further from God's light. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if we're ever, like, one day, like, oh, why have you forsaken us? That's why. (laughs) That's what happened. Shit like that is why. Right. And, like, 90% of this podcast. podcast, I was about to say, 90% (laughs) of this podcast, yeah. The 10% that's not act- that is history facts were good. I'm we're blaming good it on Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years from now, we're in a complete dystopia. There's fires everywhere. Everybody looks like a hobo. And Fuck you, Cardi B! <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's, that's exactly how it's going to go. I'm going to be like, oh God, thank God no one listened to our fucking podcast. Jesus Christ, we'll be right there with them. Oh God. <laughs> But would you like to listen to my podcast? Cardi B's oh. on the uh, Cardi B's on the cross twerking. And we're looking like <laughs> looking around like fuck. Hopefully, I don't find out about podcast. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like handing out stickers and coasters. Hey, give my podcast a listen. Just just give it a try. Maybe you like it. I don't know. I don't know. Patreon uh. doesn't exist anymore, but uh, under the table handies never go out of currency. You know. Uh, yeah, give me five dollars and I'll dance seductively for you. I'll show you my wet-ass boy pussy, if you will. (laughs) Up on the cross! Get up on the cross! (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Finally, it's happened to me. (laughs) We're going to nail the shit out of you. Thank God! (laughs) (laughs) The chorus comes back with (laughs) the fucking wet-ass pussy song. (laughs) <laughs> I wish I knew it so I could do it, but I, I do not. 
I don't know a lot of the words. <sighs> Apparently you do. I just know the first six seconds because that's how long it takes me to finish. <laughs> anyway, well, Philip and Olympia would complete this process a few times before one night when Philip walked in on Olympias and found her lying in bed with an actual fucking snake. He was freaked the fuck out and thought she was a witch, and the two didn't see each other much after that. And also, that snake was his best friend, and just cut deep. Mm. Like, you son of a bitch. The betrayal on both ends. Yeah, of the snake. Just, the snake was double penetrating. No, it was his human friend and the snake. Going oh, okay. Olympia, so. Gotcha. Betrayal on both that, ends. Yeah. Both ends, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes more sense. I mean, the snake would suffocate if it did that. Right, right. That wouldn't yeah. make any sense at all. No, no that would be fucking But weird. a snake penetrating with its tail, that makes sense. Uh, obviously, it's penetrating with a snake penis. Come on, Greg. <laughs> Come on. It's a hung-ass snake. <laughs> yeah. That's a two-headed snake. No, it's just a big dick snake. <laughs> it's weird that it also has that weird forked tongue that comes out and goes back in. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Greek syphilis. <laughs> Are we the first history podcast to talk about snake dicks? Probably. You're welcome. America. Thank us later. Give us $5 in the Patreon for that shit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, $1. Yeah. Suck your dick for a dollar. <laughs> that is the lowest tier of Patreon. Just give us a dollar and Greg will show up at your house uninvited, middle of dinner with your church elders. Like, hey, you gave me a dollar. I'm here to suck some dick. <laughs> I see you're a lady. Uh, Pastor, what about you? <laughs> I suck that godly dick. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. At some point during their three-week love-in, Olympias had become pregnant. Later, legends would claim that she'd been struck by a lightning bolt in her hoo-ha, and that she was preggers with the son of Zeus. But this cannot be confirmed. Well, there was also a tale about that snake we were talking about being like, the physical embodiment of Zeus. Oh, yeah. Like he came down as a snake, seduced her, and then boned her with his snake penis. Yep. And, yeah, that's the crazy thing about Zeus. Like, he'd always show up, and there'd be a hot woman doing something. And he'd be like, hey, watch this. This time, I'm going to turn into a starfish. I'm going to fuck her with my starfish dick. Like, watch this <laughs> shit. <laughs> And if there's one thing that's more seductively sexy than a snake, it's a snake with a dick. You know? <laughs> that's true. Oh, it slithers everywhere. All right. No, it's just a regular, like, dick with scrotum and testicles, like human, uh, on a snake. It's the only part of the snake that feels like it actually has a bone in it, even though it doesn't. Snakes have bones. Do snakes have bones? I think so. I thought they had, like, a bunch of little bones. I thought snakes were invertebrates. I don't know shit about shit. I mean, you've got one little bone, but I think they've got a lot of little bones. <laughs> I wonder if it was circumcised. Oh, well, it was Greek. It was Zeus. It probably wasn't circumcised. No, I, I there's not a chance yeah. it was circumcised. <sighs> Eat your heart out, Dan Carlin. <laughs> Eat a snake dick, Dan Carlin. We can do what you do, but you can't do what we do. <laughs> Oh, I don't think either is true. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. In July of 356 BCE, which I don't know if I need to keep saying BCE, but that whole thing sometimes makes my brain just misfire because the numbers go down instead of going up. Can you it's believe just, it? It's just crazy. That's how you know this was a work of fiction. <laughs> they couldn't even get that right. They couldn't figure out numbers. It's like they hadn't met the Arabs yet. I don't know. Stupid idiots. Well, in that year, Philip was away from home, drunk as fuck, and celebrating a military victory when three messengers arrived. The first messenger told him that one of his generals, Parmenion, had won a battle out west. Hi, West. Hey, there it is. Thank you for helping me tie this into the show. You're welcome. Your whiskey finally makes sense. Whiskey always makes sense, Greg. Mm -hmm. While you're driving, while you're at church. Especially at a quinceanera. 
That might be the last place whiskey makes sense. You're right. But it still makes sense. Well, the second messenger told Philip that his horse had won first place at the Olympics in the discus. It's not, it's not true. I know. Is it? It was the javelin. Anyway, <laughs> the third told him that his son, Alexander, had been born. Philip was so goddamn happy that he ordered a coin to be struck to celebrate his horse's victory. His buddy, like, busts out the cigars in celebration, toasts to his son. Phil's all like, man, fuck that little baby. Cheers to my <laughs> <Yeah>. motherfucking horse. <laughs> that baby ain't made me no money. Stupid ass baby. <laughs> Only going to cost me money. You know what right? fucking daycare is? All these goddamn sports. Fuck that baby. Let's go. Horse. <laughs> he twerks on the box of cigars. They spill everywhere. And the entire ground is dirt back in the BCE days, so they're ruined. Ah, oh, nobody likes a dirty cigar. Except maybe Bill Clinton. Am I right? Oh, God. How <laughs> oh, is that for a 25-year-old reference, listeners? Oh, that's good, though. That's good. <laughs> Young Alexander was a, he was like one of the Stark children. What's the little one who should have been the king? Arian. No, the one that actually should have won the thing. The, the, the little girl who Arya. pretended to be a boy. Yeah, Arya. Well, young Alexander was like a young Arya. He was taught archery, swordplay, and horsemanship. He also pretended to be a boy, so no one would rape him. Nope, that's not right. Sorry. He also became a voracious reader who loved to study Greek poetry. Well, in fact, even into his adult life, he kept a copy of Homer's Iliad under his pillow. Oh! (laughs) Alexander also became an accomplished player of the lyre. And when he was 12, he came to own a horse named Bucephalus, who would be with Alexander for the majority of his life. When he was 16, Alexander became the student of some rando hermit, named Aristotle. Well, in case you actually don't know who he is, Aristotle was a great philosopher and the star pupil of Plato. But when Plato died, Aristotle had been kicked out of Athens for political reasons. Do you think when Plato died, he just, like, got real hard and became, like, (laughs) unmalleable? (laughs) You know, to where you could no longer shape him into things or put him through the little grinder and shaper? Yeah, and got grinded into the carpet and they just pissed off some parent, and they're like, you're never getting more Play-Doh. Or maybe, like, even more sadistically, like a little kid ate him. <laughs> you know? Like, shaped him into ice cream. Like, oh, this is delicious, I'm pretending ice cream shop. Just, oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> and that's where they got the inspiration for Play-Doh. There you poor, go. Poor Play-Doh. <laughs> Well, when he died, Aristotle got kicked out of Athens for political reasons. Philip hired Aristotle to teach Alexander, and Alexander turned out to be a great student, especially of medicine and science. As a general and a king, years later, Alexander would personally use his knowledge to treat his wounded men. To blowjobs. Well, actually, Greg, it was all essential oils. Like, oh, you got shot with an arrow? Here's some lilac oil. Why don't you rub that on there? You know what's great is just being your own boss. You know, I don't have to worry about the rat race. You can work from home, make thousands of dollars. Uh, would you guys like to join up? Maybe you can get in on this. You're like, you're the fucking king. You're already your own boss. We don't, what, what are you selling this shit for, man? <laughs> it was around this time that Alexander would also meet his lifelong quote unquote friend, Hephaestion who would follow Alexander on his adventures for the rest of his life. It's mostly accepted now that Hephaestion and Alexander were lovers, even if Western historians and authors tried to downplay it for fucking years. Just like going to church, and that guy's got a roommate, and they've been roommates for 40 years, and they <laughs> do nothing but bicker and talk about where they're, you know, where they're going to go for brunch. You're like, okay. All right, something's up with these guys. They must be getting a good deal on that apartment. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, 
like all the church ladies, like, I want to introduce you to my friend. Like, oh, you know, I'm just not in a place, not in a place to be dating right now. His name's Henry. Oh, uh, where is he? Uh, <laughs> what is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a tall glass of water. I'm going to invite him over for some Bible study. <laughs> you ever hear about the city of Sodom? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> goodness. <laughs> well, in reality, Alexander had very little, if any, interest in girls. At one point, his mother even tried hiring a prostitute to bang her son. But uh, he didn't He didn't seem interested. He didn't want any part of that. Wish my mom was cool. <laughs> right? I didn't have sex in high school. My mom was just like, you need to stop taking 45-minute showers. Everybody else needs hot water in this house, too. <laughs> but, Mom, I'm so dirty. <laughs> I'm a dirty boy. <laughs> Maybe if you were to come clean me, it'd be a little more efficient. No! No, my mom listens! My mom listens to the podcast! <laughs> oh, I hope she doesn't anymore. I hope she gave up on this. Well, I need <laughs> more efficient showers, Miss Chris. Miss Chris. That's what my mom's name is. <laughs> I would say Mrs., but I'm going to break up that marriage. <laughs> I, Mrs. Chris, like she's married to me. That's It's getting fucking weirder. <laughs> I already have this massive Oedipus complex, and you're just fucking my head up right now. I need to finish this podcast. <laughs> Watch out, Dad. I'm coming for you. <laughs> well, soon after, you know... Studying with Aristotle and meeting his lifelong roommate, uh, Alexander actually got his first taste of battle. His dad had taken most of the army off to quell an uprising in Byzantium. A nearby tribe, the Maedi, decided that with Daddy Phil gone, they could take whatever the fuck they wanted from Alexander. Details of the battles have been lost to history, but within a few weeks, Alexander had wiped out the Maedi and renamed one of their cities Alexandropolis. That was the best name he could come up with. Not Alexandertown, not Alexanderville, Alexandropolis. I mean, that's kind of the equivalent. No, it Opolis is. Opolis is fucking a Greek sir word? Is that a thing? <laughs> yes. Sir word? Yes, sir word. That's what I call him when I say call someone daddy. It's a sober. word. <laughs> God damn it. Stop with that. Anyway. Well, after seeing that, Philip started humping the air and saying, That's my boy. Give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. And when Macedonia went to war with the Athenians and Greek hoplites, he put Alexander in charge of facing down the toughest Greeks, known as the Sacred Band. Well, the battle was a rout, and soon the Macedonians were the most powerful army in the Mediterranean and rulers of Greece. But Philip had bigger dreams. He wanted to take out the Persian Empire. But little did Philip know, his son would soon be king. And if anyone was going to take on the Persians, it would have to be Alexander. And that feels like a good place to take a break, Greg. Go get uh, some more drinks. Uh, my wife is desperately texting me, asking me to get out of the bathroom slash bedroom so she can get some supplies out of here. So, you know, let's just take five minutes, contemplate life, think about our choices, you know? Cry a little. Yeah, fall into deep despair, wonder why we even bother, you know? What could have been? Yeah. What if I started this podcast when I was 20? By now... I'd be murdered. But, you know, my story would <laughs> be famous. You know, and that's all that matters. People remember you after you're dead. So. I don't think they had podcasts 40 years ago. <laughs> that's true. It was just called radio shows back then. <laughs> Sponsored by Ovaltine. Like, God damn. <laughs> Foley artists in the background banging coconuts together to make horse clops. Because we didn't have motorized <laughs> carriages in those days. <laughs> All right, well, why don't we take a break? I can face this existential crisis with some booze, and we'll come back and, I don't know, fucking do another part of the story. What do you think? I think it sounds good. All right.
All right. We are back from break. I had a good little cry on the bathroom floor. I'm feeling better. You know, sometimes that's all you need. Just a little bit of, just to cry it out. Take a little shower. Hold your knees. Weep. In my clothes. Fully clothed. Just just so I can feel protected, you know? But then you get on that rug afterwards. Mm -hmm. That plush rug and lay on your side in that fetal position. Cry for another hour and a half and you're good. Yeah, and... The best part is for our listener, it was only like 10 seconds. I had a time to call my therapist, and you're like, fuck this guy again. Ugh, his insurance doesn't <laughs> pay enough for this. What? Like, uh, I just realized life is meaningless. You're like, just now you realized your life is meaningless? <laughs> you host a history podcast. Come on, guy. Come on. How did you not run into that conclusion headfirst a long time right. ago? As soon as your second grade teacher said, you want to try on this, you know, this assignment? And she said, nope, you should have gone, well, that's it for me. That was the end of the line, you know. <laughs> it's all been downhill. Yep. Since Miss Simons castigated me for doing poorly on that assignment. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean you can't spell the word was? What the fuck? You're 12 years old. You've been in second grade for three goddamn years. What is wrong with you? Fuck you, bitch. Wu-Tang forever. <laughs> I'm an old, dirty bastard, your ass. To the office with you. <laughs> the RZA didn't have to put up with this shit. <laughs> oh. All right, Greg. Well, anyway, now that I'm feeling better about myself, you know what time it is. Do you know what time it is? It's tool time. <laughs> that landed with three people but anyway here we go it's time for wolf dick hit it second half salsa second half salsa second half nailed it again nailed it again every time perfect every fucking time perfect in the most imperfect of ways <laughs> Perfectly imperfect, just like my balls. Anyway. That's what my mom always told me. <laughs> From when I was 8 to 28. Yeah. That's what she always said. It's kind of embarrassing, you know, the church deacons over. You were just passing around the plate of mashed potatoes, having a nice dinner. Hey, Chris, show the deacon your balls. They're perfectly Look imperfect. Look at those. Surely you can write a sermon based around those next week? Oh, About being Mom, perfectly imperfect? You're embarrassing me again. <laughs> okay. Zip. Oh my god, one of them's like the size of a softball and the other's a grape nut. It's, it's <laughs> insane. What color is that? Is that like an orange purplish? Yes, I have had several infections. <laughs> Not to brag. <laughs> All right. Yes, today I'm having another... Mighty swell seltzer because I bought them last week and I don't drink them except on the show. But I'm having watermelon mint, which is like drinking a watermelon and toothpaste at the same time. And it's as delicious as that sounds. Well, I am having an unnamed, unsponsored seltzer. Oh. But it is grapefruit and flavor. Oh, it's another one of your bathtub seltzers. Your, your toilet seltzers that you made in your prison cell on work release. Pineapple flavor. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that does, don't you? No. It makes you shit your pants <laughs> a lot. Okay, well, delicious. I also like the idea that you're on work release and they let you out to come record a podcast. That's, like, that's my job. It's totally my job, Warden. Like the prisoner just... Directly talks to the warden like in Shawshank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you do his taxes, but you're fucking terrible at it. <laughs> Let me shine your dick. I'll bring it. I'll bring it back. I've been audited. You bring seven... back like a fucking homeless person's dick instead, <laughs> and he doesn't find it until you're already escaped. <laughs> to be honest, how often do you look at a person's dick? This dick is pocked. <laughs> it's pocked. <laughs> Very few people know this, but every warden has a detachable dick that a prisoner has to shine every week and bring back to them. <laughs> when you go up and retard that roof, just uh, 
Maybe throw a coat on the old dick. <laughs> yeah. Make it, you know, waterproof for that wet ass pussy. <laughs> uh, y- yes, sir. Do you want me to shingle it too? Or <laughs> no, really weatherproof it? <laughs> I've already got shingles. Don't worry about it. It's already <laughs> highly infected. Oh, none of that makes medical sense. But anyway, Greg, why don't you go ahead and take us into the second part of this show? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. Well, getting back to the story. Right as Philip was preparing to attack Persia, he decided to divorce Alexander's mom, Olympia, and kick Alexander to the curb. Olympia was from another country, and Philip wanted a pure Macedonian baby. So he decided to marry a chick named Cleopatra, not that one. This is uh, Cleopatra Eurydice. Cleopatra was a decently common Greek name. The one you're thinking of was the ruler of Egypt, which was ruled by the uh, Ptolemaic dynasty, which did come from Greek origins. Yeah, is one of Alexander's best friends, was Ptolemy. Well, old Phil was a cool dad, so he invited Alexander to the wedding, where the father and son promptly got into an argument, and Philip tried to stab his son but fell down drunk instead. It's just typical. It sounds like me. It's typical stepdad stuff. Like, you son of a bitch, I can't believe you came. You invited me, Dad. You're a bastard. Wait, you're, you're calling him a step, uh, stepdad? No, oh, I guess he's not. He's actually his dad. Never mind. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying Zeus is the father, like this was some Mari shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like well, what do you know, Chris? It'd be like, uh, like Joseph gets remarried. And Jesus shows up, he's like, <laughs> You ain't my boy, boy! Yeah, yeah. You're a bastard! You're God's bastard! <laughs> I'm not sure I can say just that. just immediately burst into flames? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna walk across this pond and kick the shit out of you, old man! I bet you fucking won't! <laughs> oh, we just lost half our listeners. <laughs> Philip's advisors convinced him that it was probably a bad idea to go to war without a male heir, so Philip let Alexander and Olympia move back in with him. But they were going to put labels on all the fucking food, so no one took his food and his special snacks. And, you know, if he hangs, if Philip hung a, a sock on his door, no one was to come into the fucking room. That's Philip's special time. Those were the rules. <laughs> Well, Philip then threw a massive party, complete with Olympic Games, to celebrate the launch of his war. He was at the opening ceremonies when a young man stepped forward and stabbed him in the fucking chest with Alexander looking on. The assassin was a dude named Pausanias, who had been the king's lover and one of his bodyguards. But as Pausanias got older, Philip grew less interested, and Pausanias became a laughingstock. One hilarious prank involved one of Philip's generals getting Pausanias drunk at a party, The general then sodomized Pausanias and invited all of his guests to do the same before sending the guy to the stables to get fucked by the servants. (laughs) Hilarious prank. Oh, Wolf Dick. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Wolf Dick. Behave yourself. (laughs) Pausanias blamed Philip and uh, murdered him. He thought he would be an Athenian hero but he was quickly caught and killed by Philip's other bodyguards. Some theorize that Alexander or Olympias orchestrated the assassination, but we do know that Olympias took advantage of the situation and forced Philip's new bride, Cleopatra, to watch as her infant daughter was burned alive and then convinced Cleopatra to kill herself. Moms, am I right? (laughs) He's mothers. So, it's very strange looking at this. You have... Alexander's mom, who's very supportive, wants Alexander to be the greatest, said she got fucked by lightning, so she could say he was Zeus's baby. <laughs> you have, like, Jim Jones's mom, we've talked about. She said he was destined for greatness. Saddam's mom said he's destined for greatness. And then we, the mom we ragged on the hardest on this show was George Washington's mom, who was basically like, oh, you're fighting a war for freedom? That's nice. You know, oh, she's a bitch. You know, I haven't had fresh Mary corn Ugh. in a while. When are you going to deliver me some fresh corn, George? And he's like, God damn it, Mom. I'm in Trenton, New Jersey. I'm nowhere near you. I'm fighting a fucking war. And so I don't know what the, the best thing to do as a mom is, but 
mom, if you if something happens and I kill a whole bunch of people or I become a cult leader or I become a great leader of this nation, all are possible at this point in my life. I want you to know you did the best you could with me. This is not your fault. It's my dad's fault. But, Miss Chris, you have not done the best you can with me yet. <laughs> and let me tell you, the best is yet to come. <laughs> and it's coming quickly. Alternate spelling on come. <laughs> oh, C-O-M-B. Got it. <laughs> Alexander was soon made king and decided to continue with his father's plan to conquer the Persians. He went to the Oracle of Delphi to get his future read, but the priestess wasn't available that day, not even for the king of Greece. Of course, Alexander handled this maturely by going to her house, kicking in the door, and dragging her down the road, at which point she shouted, You are invincible! He liked that answer and let her go. And if you're wondering about that accent, I imagine the Oracle as Miss Cleo. <laughs> okay, so it's Jamaican. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was waiting for the, the deep Greek. Yeah, you are invincible. Yeah. That's your accent for everything. <laughs> How can you call that Greek? Because <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually Greek. I just apply it to fucking everything. I have Greek and Irish. Now it finally <laughs> makes sense. Yes. Okay. Hey, let's have some yogurt and talk about how bad our economy is. Ah, I'm a Greek. Well, Miss Cleo, you know, Oracle, it makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The big old Jamaican titties. Well, the first thing Alexander did as a general was march his troops north towards the Danube to conquer the tribes and secure his border. One tribe tried hurling wooden carts down the road leading up a mountain, hoping to bowl over the Macedonians, but Alexander instructed his men to step out of the way or lay down and angle their shields so the carts would just do sweet jumps off them like ramps. He soon slaughtered this tribe. Yeah, there's one guy, he's like, he climbs in the wagon, and they're like, Lothar, Lothar, what the, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, no, 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 I always want to do this, I always want to do this. He, he turns to his buddy, he goes, Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> he falls behind enemy lines. He cut off his dick and put it in his mouth, then kill him. It's a night on a special Jackass. <laughs> on a memorial version of Jackass. Well, another tribe actually fled to an island in the Danube and began to taunt Alexander because he didn't have any boats. So, he told his men to make giant hay pillows out of their tents. They floated across the fucking river and kicked the shit out of that tribe, too, before returning home, safely assured that no one in the north would mess with Macedonia while he was gone. And that's where a pillow fight comes from. Mm okay. <laughs> his army's first real test came at Pelium, which is in modern-day Albania, against the Illyrians. Pelium was heavily fortified, and while Alexander was trying to take it, another army had marched in behind the Macedonians. You know, good old man sandwich. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm. He was the support in that Eiffel Tower. Alexander was surrounded, and it looked like his march to defeat Persia was going to be very short. He began to march his men in complete silence, demonstrating their formations and movements. Suddenly, the Macedonians let loose a battle cry and charged. Their enemies panicked and ran, allowing Alexander to escape. They were like, oh shit, they're fucking organized. Everybody put your fucking swords back in the trash can. Get the fuck out of here. And they just took off running. You know, they're, they're so freaked out. And it kind of reminds me, we talked about this in our Custer episode. There was one episode, one part where Custer had greatly overextended himself, the part where he's killing 600 horses because of the Indians and Native Americans had fled. And <laughs> yeah. then he's like, okay, let's organize, let's march, and act like we're marching to him. We'll play fucking Gary Brown at him. And they'll be like all freaked out, and then we'll run away. Got it, guys? That's kind of what happened. He's <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, since escaping would actually count as defeat, he took a breather and launched another attack. Again, the Illyrians panicked and fled after burning down their own city. Back in Athens, people began to say, who the fuck does this Alexander think he is? And they tried to organize a revolt. 
The main uprising would be conducted in Thebes, but Alexander got word of it and marched day and night to the city. He got there before they even knew he was coming. That same day, the Macedonians laid siege to and took Thebes, killing over 6,000 Thebans before burning the city to the ground. Suddenly, all of the Greek leaders were on Alexander's side for some reason. Oh, why, why would, uh, he's, he's, he's okay. He's a good guy, uh, you know? In 334, at the age of 22, Alexander was finally ready to actually begin his war against Persia. He kissed his mom goodbye on the mouth with tongue, mm -hmm. unaware that he would never see her or Macedonia again. Gotta make that snake jealous. <laughs> what the fuck? That's my girl. Like, I will fuck you up, Alexander. <laughs> Bitch, I got a split tongue. You can't do this for her. He gets on. You can't do what I do, Alexander. <laughs> you cannot. He gets on Bucephalus and starts to ride away, and the snake's like, yeah, that's right. You walk away, bitch. <laughs> well, and while all that was going on, <laughs> he ordered his 50,000 men to march toward Asia, whereas General Parmenion already waited with another few thousand. The Persians, led by their great king Darius, had the advantage by far. They had a massive empire to draw troops from and easily outnumbered the Macedonians. They also had immense wealth, whereas Alexander was still unsure how he was going to pay his troops. Alexander had no navy to oppose the Persians. In fact, the Persian fleet was near Gallipoli and could have halted Alexander's advance as he crossed, but they hoped to draw him into a land battle where they could wipe him out and leave no option for retreat. Let me just stop you there. This is a terrible fucking plan. They have all these ships. Even their fleet outnumbers the Athenian fleet, so there's no support there. And they see all these guys marching across the peninsula, and they're like, what if we just fucked all these guys up right here? Like, no, nah, they'd probably retreat, nah. and they'd regroup, and they'd come back. And like, okay, they come back, and then we fuck them up again right here. Like, let's just keep this cycle going and see how many times they want to come up against our fleet, our massive navy. Like, nah, let's just... Let's just let them come into Asia. Let's see what the fuck happens, you know? Let's have a good time, you know? I think the idea is that they, you know, they get a massive advantage against them numbers-wise, which they have. Yeah. And then they do it terrain-wise, which, spoiler alert, they do. Yeah. So, I mean, you can see where the idea comes from, you I know? think you're right. I don't think they respected him. They thought he was an inferior oh, force. certainly, yeah. Darius is like, I'm a, I'm a fucking god. Yeah. <laughs> let's just, let's go crush them. Yeah, and I think that's what it was. They were like, okay, we'll wait till they cross land. If we beat them at sea, it's not really fair, and it makes us look like pussies, because we didn't find them on land. Let's them come on, come on, motherfucker. And then we'll just kick their ass here. They go back home with their tails between their legs, and obviously recognize me, Darius Rucker of Hootie and the Blowfish, as their god. Darius Rucker. <laughs> <laughs> Only want to be with you. <laughs> I'm such a baby, yeah. The dolphins make me cry. Just sitting up on his throne, singing Hootie and the Blowfish songs. <laughs> well, as Alexander moved east, he captured a few cities without so much as a fight. They had heard what he had done to Thebes and wanted no part of that shit. Meanwhile, a Persian war council met to decide what their best course of action should be. One general, Memnon, said that the Persians couldn't beat the Macedonians and the Sarissas, and so they should burn everything, slow Alexander's advance, and then use their navy to attack Macedonia, while Alexander and his tired, hungry army marched back. He was promptly told that his sensible plan that would have worked and made Alexander the Great into Alexander the fucking nobody was chicken shit. He was a chicken shit, and to shut his chicken shit mouth, they were going to fight Alexander. I don't like you, and your jerk-off face, your jerk-off style, and I don't like you, jerk-off. Do I make myself clear? It's Big Lebowski. Get the fuck out of Malibu, Lebowski! <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Fucking fascist! <laughs> he throws the mug at him. <laughs> yeah. The two armies first met near the Granicus River in modern Turkey. The Persians stood across the river on higher ground, which seemingly wiped out Alexander's Sarissa advantage. And remember, those are the 
18 foot long fucking spear pole things just to kind of visualize that for you guys. They're definitely better for a defensive position than for forward charging and attacking. Yeah, I guess so. But they used them plenty offensively. They did, yeah. And that's the whole thing about the the slow push forward of the phalanx is it it's just becomes this these two immovable objects being pressed against each other. Yeah. But one of them's got fucking spikes that are long as shit on the end of them, and so people die. So, I mean, it can be either offensive or defensive, I feel like. Yeah, I guess you're but right. That's why it was such an effective movement yeah. for the time. It's it's so crazy that all you had to do to win a war was just... Because the hoplites, the Greek hoplites who they'd fought earlier, had like six or seven foot spears or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, what if we just add 12 feet to that? Let's just make this a fucking free throw, (laughs) you know? Like, you have to be at the free throw line to fucking touch somebody. Like, oh my god, that fucks everything up. We had never thought about that shit. You know, distance. They're basically spear snipers, you know? Just fucking stab. I mean, they thought about it, but uh, imagine holding in, like, a pole vault. Yeah. Level with your arm at a 90 degree angle, like, parallel to the ground. And you, there's also something fucking metal and sharp at the end of it. Yeah. That takes a lot of training to be able to do. Yeah. And, and they trained the fuck out of them in order to do that. Yeah, and they were, so, obviously, they were naturally strong. They had naturally good aerobics from being mountainous people. And so they had been kind of like bred for that almost. Well, Alexander charged anyway. And this part kind of reminds me, and we've talked about this before, Pickett's charge at Gettysburg, hmm. where Lee ordered that charge... It's an awful idea. It's just a fucking terrible. I think we said, it was, maybe our Lincoln series, I don't remember where we talked about it. We talked about it. It's like one of the greatest military blunders of all time mm-hmm. because they've been sitting there all fucking day. They're charging an elevated position. The guys are behind a fucking fence and you just shoot at them as they charge. Wide open. Yeah. Across like a mile of open ground. Yeah. That's kind of what Alexander does here. Like his sarissas are basically useless crossing this river. And he's like, fuck it. Let's fucking go. But, you know, they don't have artillery and guns and all that stuff. It's just basically get close and fight was the time that happened here. But I, it makes me wonder if, you know, Lee was a big student of history, a big student of military tactics. He ever looked at this particular battle and said, well, charges work as long as your men are willing to fight. And he said, fuck it, let's go. I think that's probably a good point. I mean, obviously, I think, I don't know. Yeah. But I think probably all of the... Civil War generals were students of history. That's what. That's especially what generals were about back then. They still are today. Yeah. But maybe uh, gunpowder fucked that whole thing up. <laughs> yeah. Like fucking giant cannons. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Well, back to Alexander and the Persians. He led the cavalry into the rivers as arrows rained down all around him. The Macedonian infantry followed suit. They were outnumbered and died in big numbers, but eventually gained a foothold on the Persian side of the river. Alexander rushed into the thick of the fighting on his horse, Bucephalus. His lance broke. Demaratus, the man who had bought Bucephalus when Alexander was just twelve, gave the king his weapon. Alexander charged and stabbed the son-in-law of the great king Darius in the face! (laughs) Another Persian nobleman struck Alexander on the head, splitting his helmet in two. In response, Alexander knocked him off of his horse and skewered him to the ground with the lance. And that lance was none other than Lance Bass of NSYNC. He just pinned him to the ground and started singing, Bye, 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 bye. 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 Oh, I don't know if I like this or not. (laughs) (laughs) He sings so beautifully. I was hoping it would be JT, but I suppose you'll do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the center of the Persian line collapsed and the men began to flee. Among the Persian forces was a group of Greek mercenaries. These hired men figured if they surrendered, they would be able to pay a ransom and would be set free. They figured fucking wrong. Alexander had most of them executed and spared a few to work in the mines of Macedonia. He wanted it known that no one betrays Alexander. (laughs) The Persians had lost their first major battle against Alexander and the Macedonians. That's my favorite metal band name, by the way. 
Alexander and the Macedonians? Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Alexander and the Macedonians. And then he come out on stage and he's like, oh, he's shorter in person than I thought he'd be. And they start singing about yogurt and failed economies because they're from Greece. There you go, Greg. I did it again. Continue. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the great King Darius had believed it would be an easy victory, and the Western invaders would be sent home in shame. Now he decided it was time to get personally involved, and he was going to see firsthand just how great Alexander really was. And that is where we will continue next week. What? Cliffhanger? Is he that great? Who knows? I never thought we wouldn't get a resolution of the story with this being named Alexander Part One. <laughs> yeah. oh! We should do that. We should, like, everything should be called Part One. And then it's just like some. <laughs> the some of them are. End have of a part story. Two. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Like, you're all of a sudden, you're like, Part Seven? Are they fucking kidding me here? <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about a goddamn ship. Okay? Like, it's sunk. I get it. It happened in one night. I don't have Sandal. This is seven fucking parts. Ah, oh, these guys, they got me again. They fucking got me again. Anyway, Greg, it is time once again for Fast Facts! Fast Fact number one. Adolus, who was the same general that initiated the gang rape of Pausanias, also was the one who instigated the fight between Philip and Alexander at Philip's wedding by calling Alexander a bastard. After becoming king, Alexander had Attalus killed. Fast fact number two. Just as he had done with Philip, General Parmenion urged Alexander to marry and produce a male heir before leaving for Persia. Alexander had zero interest in doing that. Unless a man's bottom can give birth. <laughs> I don't know if it can happen, but those truckers sure are trying to find out with me. Fast fact! Number three. The only Greeks that flat out refused to support Alexander in his war were the Spartans. Following his victory at the Granicus River, Alexander sent 300 sets of Persian armor to Athens with a carved inscription that read, quote, Alexander, son of Philip, and all of the Greeks, except the Spartans, sent these spoils from the barbarians in Asia. End quote. Fast fact number four. Well, shortly after the victory at Granicus, Alexander hired the painter Apollos to paint him and his horse, Bucephalus. When it was finished, Alexander didn't care for it, but when he showed it to Bucephalus, he neighed in approval. The painter said the horse had better taste than the king. Alexander had Apollos paint another picture. Woo! All true facts. Supposedly. Probably. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Never know. History's made up. Half these stories, half these books we talk about, we don't actually read. We're just like, what would be a fun fact about Alexander? Oh, his horse was there, and he's like, no, I love it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Bucephalus. It's trash. You're trash. You have a fucking horse opinion of paintings. It's goddamn awful. You don't know art for shit. Oh, anyway, Greg, why don't you take these kind, generous humans, at least the ones that are contributing to the Patreon, the others are assholes. Why don't you take all of them home tonight? As you all know, find us at 100proofhistory.com. On social media at 100 Proof History and emails at 100ProofHistory at gmail.com. Until next time, I am Greg. And I am Chris. And we bid you adieu. I do indeed. Bye. <sighs> Got whiskey running to my face. I tried to be too aggressive with that. I saw that. You came down wet. <laughs> My wet mouth pussy. Like, it's not even a joke anymore. It's like, yeah, let me let me go to the truck stop and suck a guy's dick. <laughs> <laughs>
That's just war. <laughs> there's no nuance anymore. No. Don't get butt fucked. <laughs> yeah, there's no. Oh, yeah. I really like a woman when she has a thick mustache. It's just like, I want to have sex with a man. <laughs> Does a penis have a bone? Ugh, my nipples are hard just thinking about it. Anyway, where the fuck was I? Now I'm picturing the Bernie Sanders meme, but instead of saying, asking for your financial support, I am once again asking you to ignore my erection. (laughs) (laughs) And when he was 12, he came to own a horse named Bucephalus, who one day, god damn it, who would be with... One day fall in love with a lady horse, but they'd fuck like humans. (laughs) <laughs> Missionary style. <laughs> Reverse cowgirl. You're not a cow, you're a horse. I'm going to play the open open beta of the next Call of Duty tomorrow, actually. You're an open beta. <laughs> I totally am, baby. <laughs> All right, not, let's fucking go. Not, We've been doing not this closeted. <laughs> I don't even remember where the fucking closet is. <laughs> it's like an MC Escher of sexuality. I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I came so out of this fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I upside down? (laughs) All right. Well, let's lean into it. Let's see what happens.